But to start this week, in a continuation with uh, Mike Miller's material, and I really want him to give all the credit to him. This, this stuff blows my mind as I sit and read it and, and listen to it. Very good teacher. Repeats himself, speaks very fast, repeats himself, repeats himself, repeats himself, repeats himself. And you know, after hearing a few times, you start to understand. Because if you went away last week from what I talked about and said, oh, sure, that's... No, you're, you're, not, you're not grasping the whole thing. This, this, is, this is a total change of our mentality, what we've been taught. Okay, let's turn to Hebrews 3. And we're going we're gonna to repeat a little bit of the stuff we talked about last week and get into some new things. Hebrews 3, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, verse 3. And I'm going to use the NIV uh, all tonight. 4, verse 3. Now we who have believed entered that rest just as God had said. So I declare an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. Okay, that's what I was just talking about. In Hebrews it says God's work was finished before the creation of the world. Everything he had to do was done before the creation of the world. Your salvation was taken care of. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to make it any better than it is. It's just a fact. And the way to get there is through Jesus. That's the invitation into what God has already done. But I want you to understand that all God's work has been finished from the foundation of the world. Hebrews 4.10 And anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Anyone who enters God's rest rests from his own work. Think about that. That's a Selah moment. If you enter God's rest, you cease from working. You cease from doing all those things that you think you ought to do as being a Christian. Because if you enter God's rest, you have already completed all of it. You're there with him. Remember, you were crucified with Christ and you no longer live. Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world. You're in him. So you cease your works. So the performance-oriented type lifestyle that we live as Christians today to prove, you know, uh, to get higher positions or do something or maybe make God like us a little bit more, they're a waste of time. Another good word that translates between wor- uh, works is condition. If you, if you put it like this, the conditions were finished from the foundation of the world. God's conditions. Everything, everything is set up. Everything was done. All the conditions were done. It's just for you to accept it, to enter into his rest. Once you enter into his rest, you have all the benefits of everything God has ever done. 
You don't have to perform. You're not judged on your performance. Just as the testimony that Terry shared, that young lady is not being judged on her performance. She's being judged on what Christ did and her acceptance of what he did. So we are to enter the same rest as God did on the seventh day. Now this was another uh, statement that uh, Mike Miller made. Make you think. Believing and or confessing does not make things happen. Believing and or confessing does not make things happen. And that goes against what we've been taught. If you only believe. See, just to say those, <laughs> when I heard it, it reminds me of the Wizard of Oz. When the cowardly lion goes, I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do believe in spooks. It didn't make it true. I do believe in healing. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. I do believe in, you know, Sending $100 to that ministry will give me $10,000. I do, I do, I do, I do. That does not make it a fact. You need to base your, your belief on something. Just saying it doesn't make it a fact. So what do you base it on? You base it on everything was accomplished from the foundation of the world. God has entered his rest. All his work is done. Everything is complete. Again, to give you, so you understand this. We take it very simply to take the cross and say, I believe Christ died for my sins. I accept that. If you're in a church, that's quite logical. That's in a Christian church, yeah. But this work was done back here. They don't talk about that, but but you believe in the fact that Jesus did it. But if 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 you say I believe I am already healed, everybody'll go, "No, you're not." No, you're not. Now I believe God is my provider. I don't I don't see it when I when I'm living down here. I don't see it right now. But I know the promises exist and they've already been fulfilled. No, you, no, you don't. Couldn't you imagine if you said, down here, go into a, a big church today and say, I believe I'm saved. Oh, no, you're not. No, you, no you're not. How, how do you know you are? Well, see, we've been taught. That's the one little truth we've been taught. It was already accomplished from the foundation of the world. Healing wasn't taught like that. Prosperity wasn't taught like that. Living a life here without sickness and illness wasn't taught. But there's still all the promises. Because remember, we talked about God and his names. That's who he is. He's your provider. He's your healer. He's your captain of the, your army. He's everything that you'd ever need. And he doesn't do, he does those things because of that's of who he is. Those aren't things he does, that's who he is. He can't be anything else than who he is. And we struggle with that when we talk about healing. 
He says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am healing. I am your healer. Well, let's see. That's only if I get the elders to pray over me. And maybe if I go see that big healing evangelist, maybe I'll get healed. We've, we've all experienced that. And when you don't see it happen, we start to question. Did God lie? And do I fall short? But if you understand that all his promises were from the foundation of the world, that's not a problem anymore. You don't have a problem with your salvation. Why do you have a problem with your healing? God's promises are all already complete. As to man and our promises are in the future and the need to be performed, God's promises are complete and we need to accept them. What I'm saying there is, if I make a promise, I have to perform and fulfill my promise. You know, I will, pay, I will pay, make my car payment on the 25th of the month. I promise you that. Then I have to perform and do it. That's the way man works. That's the way it works down here. God's promises are already complete. They're already done. Every one of his promises are yes and amen in Jesus. If a promise needs to be fulfilled, then it may be perceived that we may need to fulfill the conditions on our behalf. Conditional promises. I'll marry you if your dad gives us a good dowry. I'll marry you if you get that big job and we can move to California. They're conditional. If you remember when Terry's talking about covenants, there's two types, a unilateral and a bilateral covenant. Unilateral are God's. God says, I've done this. You don't have to do a thing. That's hard for us to understand because I know I can add to what God can do. I can be the bishop someday. I know that could happen. And I'm going to get a plaque and I'm going to put it on my wall. Right next to my other plaque I have there. What we need to do is enter his rest and believe the finished work. Any and all men can receive the promises of God, regardless of his performance or condition. Any and all men and women can enter the promises of God, regardless of what you've done or what you will do. You can enter in. Those are, those are radical in some churches today. You can enter into every promise of God. It doesn't matter what you've done. Well, I was a drug addict, and, or I was a prostitute, or I killed five people. It's a terrible thing. There's consequences in the natural. But see, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're in the supernatural. And that is so, so radical. And when it comes to healing, I want you to start putting the, all these concepts into healing. See, because we've all learned 
silly things. We've all said silly things. <laughs> I'm talking to Terry Heiss. Do not erase that out of this message. <laughs> Hebrews 4.1 Therefore, since the promise of entering into the rest still stands, let us be careful that none of us, that none of you be found having fallen short of it. The promise of entering his rest still stands. It's there. And the problem is, don't fall short of it. Enter into it. The nation of Israel fell short of it. They died in the wilderness because they refused to enter his rest. Verse 4, 9. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter the rest so that no one will fall by following the example of disobedience. The opportunity of entering God's rest is existent today as it was back then. It does not change. The promise to enter into his rest, as it says in verse 4.1, or Hebrews 4.1, the promise to enter into his rest is entering into what God has already done. It's like, it's like the orphan child. That's a good example. Thank you. This, it's like the orphan child who gets adopted into this beautiful house and walks in and everything is yours. And they can't believe it. But everything is yours. You've entered into his mansions. They're his promises. There's food to eat. There's clothes to wear. There's health. There's money. There's, there's loving kindness. There's forgiveness. All those are his promises. And you have to remember, this was done from the foundation of from the foundation before the foundation of the world. It didn't start here. This is with our invitation. See, the prophets that lived down here looked up and, and it says they saw the promises far off. It doesn't mean that they could look down the timeline, God's timeline, which does not exist, but it gives you a perspective. They didn't look down God's timeline and say, well, Jesus is going to be crucified. Everything's going to work out. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying they looked and they saw the promises. They saw the reality that was up there. And they saw that they were all from back here. And they knew we were aliens and strangers in this land. We didn't belong here. And we look for, living down here, we look for a better world. And if I want to go back here, I have every opportunity to go back there and live. See, I'm not responsible for what reality you want to live in. As in the mo or TV show Fringe, what parallel universe you wanted to live in. They both looked alike, but they were both totally different. And when you start living in this spiritual reality, you still look like you're living in this, this reality. But you had the opportunity to see the promises and live by the promises.
and prove to everybody that you are a stranger and an alien in this world. That's what the prophets saw. In Romans, Paul said there, God, there, there is no partiality with God. And he cannot be bribed. Do you think in the world, in the natural world, there's partiality and can people be bribed? Do you think in this election season, money is changing hands? Do you think there's partiality? You know, and I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's your color or your sex or your non-sex or, you know, whatever it is. With God, everything's complete. What are you going to bribe him with? He's in his rest. Are you, are you going to read a little bit more of the King James Bible? Though reading the King James Bible is not going to hurt you, it would be good for you. Are you going to give a little more money to ministry? That's good. It's not going to change God's attitude towards you. Are you going to do and become Mother Teresa and be called a saint? And she was a wonderful woman. No different than you and I. But I think she saw this. I really believe she saw that. But you can't bribe God. What are you going to bribe him with? Think of it. What are you going to bribe him with? God, I'll give you a bigger car. How about, how about a raise? How about, how about a bigger house? You own all the stars in the heaven. Let's see, what can I give you? He's not partial. And not being partial means I don't look at your sins. See, they were taken care of. I don't look at your sins. I'm better than Terry Heiss' father. I deserve more. That doesn't move God. It may move Terry, but it doesn't move God. I better be careful. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to Deuteronomy ten. I'll show you where it says this. Ten seventeen. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords and great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. You can't bribe him. And we try to do it all the time. We try to bribe him by saying, I won't do this anymore until we do it. Then we feel bad. God wouldn't take that bribe anyhow. Do you understand what I'm saying? He couldn't love you any more than he loved you from the foundation. He planned on all this from the foundation of the world. Your healing's part of that. Romans 4.17. Back to the New Testament. Romans 4.17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, and God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. First part of that. 
I have made you, God's talking to Abram, making him Abraham. I have made you father of many nations. Romans 4.17 I have made you the father of many nations. What does the name Abraham mean? Father of many nations. (laughs) And it's really funny because everybody knew him as Abram. He goes, no, I'm not Abram. Hi, I'm father of many nations. I am father. Not I shall be. Like we talked last week. I shall make you. He says, I I am the father of many nations. Because it was already done back here. And Abraham, though, he didn't even have his first child. He's 70 years old. I'm the father of many nations. He trusted God. He believed God. God made him that. Because they already existed in the spiritual realm. And because they existed in the spiritual realm, Abram, Abraham could call them into existence. He could bring it out of the supernatural into the natural. Because he saw the promise was true. We must first see that things are finished. We must learn to understand the greater truth. That everything has been accomplished. Then you can learn to pull them from here to here. Or as like I said last week, be the dog that sticks your head out the window and just... (laughs) Stick it up into the supernatural realm and just stand there in front of everybody and they'll wonder what's going on. I'm seeing in the supernatural realm. And the thing is about the supernatural realm... Everybody can do it. It's not Prophet Ed Lixie. It's not Benny Hinn. It's not Joseph Prince. Alone, it's everybody in this room can do the exact same thing. Because, remember what we said just a little while ago? God is no respecter. You can't bribe him. You can't say, I'll build you this big church. I'll build you this big ministry if you only bless me. And get rid of the wife I have now because I saw somebody I wanted to marry. Don't think that doesn't get said. God is not moved by your bribes. 2 Corinthians 4. Let's go to verse 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So fix your eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and for what is unseen is eternal. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. Live above the grace line. Set your standards higher. You can live down here. 
you, you, and you know, you might have, think you have a wonderful life. But set your eyes up here. God has already made and done all things. They exist in the spiritual realm, and we need to bring them into the natural realm. But we first must see that all things are finished. If you don't, again, if you don't believe all of his promises have been accomplished, you cannot draw on them. You can, you know, I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do. You can do that all you want. It does not change anything. I do believe, I believe in healing. God's going to heal me someday. I believe in healing. Yeah, God, well, God doesn't heal everyone, but I believe in healing. And he's going to heal me someday. And then you get into the pit where you go, well, God put this cancer on me because he needed some extra glory. That, I mean, even to a, a heathen, that doesn't quite make sense. See, a lot of these things that we have been taught, we've just accepted But if you sit and you think about them, they don't make sense. How can can a loving God, who's a good, good father, give me sickness? I remember counseling one lady in the healing rooms. And she came in and her mother-in-law, they had lost a baby. Her mother-in-law came and put a cement angel in her front yard. And said, God needed another angel in heaven. How do you deal with that? She was devastated. She wanted to know, did God take her daughter, kill her daughter to have her in heaven? And to put a ceramic angel in your... your... It's sad. It's just, it's, it's sad. But we have believed so many lies... And we believe, you know, we believe lies in the spiritual realm same way we believe lies in the natural realm. We want to look good. We don't want to take responsibility for not working. I'll tell you, pray for enough people. You, you have that urge. You know, why does everybody go pray for the guy with the headache and not for the, the guy with no legs in the wheelchair? That his legs would grow. You see, they're both just as easily accomplished. Or the person with the bad back because you can't see it. Or the person with the blind eyes. Why does everybody go and sort of, well, just didn't have time for that person over there. Well, you didn't want to look bad. But if you realize that all the promises are already accomplished, it's, it's not on you anyhow. You know, we prayed for uh, the lady the other day. It was, thank you, Lord. She's already healed. Those are your promises. They're going to manifest in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. No thee and thou's and, you know, we didn't throw water on her or anything, you know, or do anything strange. You just need to believe. And that's, and it, it came back to me, you know, I've read... John G. Lake and Wigglesworth. Their big thing was, believe. 
what were they saying to believe? They were saying to believe this. It's already accomplished. It's already accomplished. We just need to draw on it. See, being strangers and aliens in this world, we have the right to draw on our kingdom, our supernatural kingdom. I saw Ron Ron Reinhard Bonnke being interviewed one time. And the lady stood up and says, well, how about the person that isn't healed? And you, you, controlled anger came up. Wouldn't even look at the lady. He says, she is already healed. No, she isn't. She is healed. I'm done talking to you. It takes some boldness on your part to speak the truth. But see, what we're trying to do is to give you that information so that your spirit man will rise up. Your flesh man will sit down. Your soulish man, your thought patterns will be changed. You will renew your mind. It's all about believing and taking God at his word. Take God at his word. Remember I said faith is seeing with the eyes of God. If somebody comes and says, I need to be healed, and we know that God sees them as healed, I see them with the eyes of God. I have faith. Now, they may not, but I have faith. It makes praying for people so much easier for healing. See, I see it already accomplished. And because it doesn't manifest right away, it doesn't mean it's not accomplished. Go back to Hebrews 13.11. Though they did not receive the promises, they knew they were true, and they saw them. The promises are true. See them. Understand them. You know, part of the problem we, we have is when we take, hear God's promises, we, we try to work in our minds, are these really finished or... Are they under construction? You know? Well, they're, they're, you know, yeah, they're finished, but God needs my help. I'm going to be his foreman. And I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to open up this ministry, and I'm, I'm going to help God out. You know, and you might see some things that are, are wonderful, because God's a loving God. And all his promises are already fulfilled. But you will become frustrated if you try to do it in your own works, your own things. Because remember, God cannot be bribed. He cannot be moved by what you have. If we go back, and you don't have to turn there, but if you go back to Hebrews 4.3, it said, we have to believe and consider that all things are finished and enter the rest. Nothing else needs to be added to that. We need to enter his rest. It says, do not miss it. Do not miss his entering his rest. But we need to enter his rest. We need to be there. We need, we need to know that being in his work, in his rest, that he rests from his work, I rest from my work. We just call it as it is. You are healed. Thank you, Jesus. Wouldn't that be amazing? How many times, and 
you know, most of you have prayed for people. How many times have you heard, well, why don't you pray a little bit longer for me or use the thee and thou's? I've had that. Well, why? you need, you need, you got to be a little more eloquent when you pray for me. <laughs> Sister Edder, I don't know if all of you know who Sister Edder is, had a powerful ministry. She was a little lady from the coal fields in Kentucky back in the 1800s. Sister Edder just believed everything was done. When they mocked her, people died out in the, that were mocking her. People were healed miles and miles away from her, falling down. She was a powerful little Kentucky lady. Sister Edder. To say that I believe God will heal me is to put off your healing in the future. I believe God will heal me. Fourth of July, God's going to heal me. I believe it's coming. It's, it's coming. It's, it's, if I just hang on, if I just send a little bit more money into the ministry, if I do just a little more work, it's fasting. Yes, that's, that's it. I won't eat for 43 days. I'll go beyond what all the others did. (laughs) You're not going to move God. At the end of three days, you're going to be hungry, let alone 43. We must realize these promises are all a finished work. And we all have the ability to enter into it. In Hebrews 11.13, and... uh, we don't have to go back there. But we saw that God was bigger than the present or the natural situation. See, because he promised Abraham that he was the father of many nations. That wasn't a problem for him. Can you come up with a circumstance that's too big for God? No. Persuaded men embrace and confess the word of God. Persuaded men and women embrace and confess the word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you believe it's true, you profess the word of God. And the word of God says, you are healed. And it's not by saying, I see myself healed. I can project myself on an astral plane and see myself healed. Or I can, I, can, I can do something. No. I am healed. The Bible is written on an eighth grade level. Most of the church has not gotten to that level yet. God puts all his promises and all his work, when you read the Bible, into the past and present tense not into the future. It is out of his finished work. God, see, God has two voices. One is, one is up here. And I'm, I don't mean God is dual or anything like that. But God speaks up here. 
Everything is, is accomplished. But he'll also speak to you in the natural. He'll speak to you now, today. He's a now God. He's also a beginning and end God. And you need him to speak to you down here that you can put your head above the line of grace and take hold of all his promises. He will speak to you down there. He will come to you and, and he will fill you with truth. And that's, I guess that's one of the reasons I'm not going to talk to you about all these lessons this man has. If it's important to you, you'll seek it out, like I said. I think I'll end with this. Let's go to 2 Peter 1.16. 2 Peter 1.16 and 17. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from the Father, God the Father, when the voice came to him saying, the majestic glory saying, this is my son who I love and I am well pleased. These are not made up. These are not made up stories. Prophetic words are intended to guide us into revelation. Peter's saying, we didn't make these up. I was there when I heard the voice saying, this is my son who I love and I'm well pleased with. And just as sure as I'm standing here, God said, Norm, you're my son, who I love and I am well pleased with. The father says that. Says about Annie, even Sarah. <laughs> he, says, he says it about all of us. These are, these are not fairy tales. These are not some... Let's go to fairyland and look for the fairies living under the toadstools. Or let's find a let's find us a guide taking us to the never never world. When I was young I read some of those books. Carlos Castaneda's. Anybody ever hear of him? Yeah. Epiodian. Learn to come out of your body and fly around like a raven. Yeah. Eat peyote and you probably would feel that way. <laughs> but that's, that's some of the teachings. But they're counterfeit. Because you see, there is a real God. There is a real spiritual level. The promises are all fulfilled from the foundation of the world. And they're yours to grasp. And healing is one of those for you to grasp. Sila, Ye God.